Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. It's time for your week daily look at the NBA and your Charlotte Hornets. It's time for the Hive O'Clock Alarm. Oh, that sounds amazing. How do you do, Hornets fans? It's time for the Hive O'Clock Alarm. I'm Doug Branson, joined by David Walker. It is a a beautiful Thursday morning here in Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte in the Hornets in Philadelphia getting another beautiful win, David. They are 8-2 in their last 10. They win over the 76ers 119-99. Though at times, David, this game seemed a lot more competitive than it needed to be. Yeah, what's up? First of all, good morning, Doug. Good morning. Um, How's the coffee? Hey, what's up, buddy? I'll, I'll let you know. I'm I'm pre-coffee, so this is the rawest I'll be all day. <laughs> um, yeah, it was interesting, and I don't know what was going on in your neck of the Twitterverse, but um, during that game last night, but you know, there was a lot of questions floating around, like, what are the starters still doing out there, and and what's going on with all these minutes, and um, you know, valid questions, but. You look up and it's like a 13 point game with four minutes to go. So that's, but you know, you can't really consider that in the bag. And I think the biggest thing is the 76ers play hard. <laughs> yeah, know, they're always going to play hard. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing. Well, it so, starts, it starts with that coach that they have, Brett Brown. Just, exactly, I mean, he's not exactly. going to let them play easy. Right. Exactly. So this wasn't one. And, and the other thing is, you know, coaches, don't feel good until the final buzzer sounds, regardless of the of the margin in the game. But this is one of those that you couldn't really afford to let it get back, uh, you know, under 10 points or so with a minute or two to go. This was a game that you have to win and close out. So that's why I was fine with those guys playing deep into the game. And, and you know, maybe it was a little closer. But, you know, it's the second night of a back-to-back, a tough team on the road. So you take a win and you get out of there. Yeah, I don't – the people that were upset about the minutes, I don't think they're just upset about this game. I think there's been some discussion about uh, the Phoenix, the Phoenix blowout. And there were a couple of other games where the the Hornets played starters. I'm okay with it. And and I wrote down a couple of reasons. Uh, First of all, I think they're, they're making up for lost time because of injuries. I mean, they've had to play so many different starting lineups, so many different rotations that it seems even though Hawes, is is still on the on the injured list. It still seems like that Clifford finally has a nine man rotation that he's comfortable with, and now it's just getting those guys time together because you know there's not a ton of practice time as we uh, you know when when you get into the season, but especially in the second half of the season that you really have to use games as practice, and so when you are fortunate enough to get. A, a situation where you can more comfortably run your offense and, and not have to worry about, you know, situation uh, to situation in a close game, I think you take that opportunity. Uh, and, and I mm-hmm. think, you know, with the important stretch that they have coming up, the homestand, you know, I, I think you've just, you've got to take every opportunity you can to get guys in a rhythm, 
to get guys playing the same number of minutes and in the same situations every night. And I just don't think with a with, with a young team you can really afford to and a team that hasn't played together a ton. They haven't played together year to year. I mean, there was so much roster turnover. And this isn't a team like the Spurs that have a lot of older guys on the roster. I mean, really, the the guy yeah. that the only guy that you really have to protect is I think Jefferson, and and they did. They reduced mm-hmm. his minutes last night down mm-hmm. to nineteen. So you know, this is not the the Hornets are not the Spurs. They haven't played yeah, together for all, years, every, and they're not older. Everybody's yeah, everybody's basically under twenty seven or so. I mean, all the key players are. Even a guy like Batum, I think, is only twenty seven right now. So, um, yeah, you don't have to really worry about that. And, and I get it. I mean, and I can appreciate it, too. But like I said, they wanted to close that thing out. And a lot of the points you made are true as well. That They need to be getting in a rhythm and being used to finishing these games. Also, I mean, Kemba didn't play in the fourth quarter the night before. Um, some of the starters I don't think did either. But that's why I was okay with it as well. I wasn't too worried about it. And I think some would say, well, what about injuries? You know, injuries have been an issue yeah. with the Hornets – why not protect those valuable guys? And I just yeah, that's think the biggest thing. Well, I just I just think you can't play that way. I think you have to you have to get guys into a rhythm and if guys don't know when they're going to play and they don't play with the same guys night after night and get into that rhythm, then it doesn't matter if they're injured or not, they're not going to play well when the second season rolls around the playoffs. And I think every deci- I think you have to put every decision at this point in the season in the context of playoff preparation. They're four games over 500. They're getting distance from Chicago and Detroit, who both lost uh, last night. They've got a, they've got a chance to win the tiebreaker against Indiana in the next game. So I just think you have to look at these situations not from a night-to-night basis, but how do you get this right. team best prepared to win a playoff game, to win a playoff series? That's a good point, too. These games even though we watch them in a vacuum, so to speak, on a night-to-night basis, that's not the way coaches and teams are looking at it, especially this time of year when they can see the playoffs, you know, coming around the corner. I mean, they are preparing now, even though it's not guaranteed, but they are starting to prepare, I would think, and look towards that second season, right? Yeah, no, I definitely think so. Well, let's talk, let's talk about who played well in this game. So Je- Jefferson, kind of, he, he had a minutes, I think, a restriction on him a little bit, so he took kind of a step back, although he was efficient, and he had a, a good uh, spot there in the first quarter and got the offense back on track. Uh, let's see, Kimball Walker, he really took the lead on offense again, 10 of 21 from the field, uh, 8 of 12 from the line. He scores 30 points, 7 rebounds, yeah. and, and notches uh, 2 assists and 2 steals, only 1 turnover. So that that was good as well. You know, you love when Kimba can get twenty one shots up with only one turnover. That means he's being. Is he starting? Yeah. yeah. Is he starting to put up? Is he starting to put up a quiet thirty? I, I mean, to me, it, it didn't feel like thirty. And then I look up, and it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I mean, I, he's just being so much more efficient. Well, I think what's happening. I mean, you look across the quarters and. He took five shots in the first, five shots in the second, and then nine shots in the third. So he's spreading his offensive distribution out amongst the quarters. But I also think, you know, he said after the game, uh, Dell asked him about, you know, d- did he pick a point in this game to take control? And I think as he's becoming uh, more of a veteran and more of, uh, you know, just examining this team and what it is, I-, I think he can spend the first two quarters probing 
finding out, okay, is Batum going to be hot tonight? Is Marvin going to have it tonight? Okay, um, uh, Nick's not shooting very well. Okay, third quarter comes around. I got to put up nine shots, and I think that's great. You know, instead of coming out and putting up ten shots in the first, getting getting the entire offense completely out of rhythm, you probe, you see if your shots there, you see if others are there, and then you know when the team needs you to pick it up, you do. And I think that's that's a sign that he's not only a veteran but a future star in this league. He's really playing well. I mean, really coming out of the tear. There's been a lot of talk about Damian Lillard and the tear he's been on uh, since the All-Star break. But Kendall Walker is right there, too, and leading this team, surging up the standings. So it's really good to see. I want to talk about Courtney Lee as well. He was 2 of 5 from the field, uh, did hit a 3, 9 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. Is it? Are you okay with how quiet his performances have been? He did play 28 minutes. Mm-hmm. That was a big minutes boost. Uh, from what we've seen in previous games. Are you okay with how quiet these Cordy Lee performances have been? Yeah, that was another topic that was floating around on Twitter last night. And I am, I mean, and something we talked about last week, you know, he was really brought in to solidify not only the starting unit, but also the bench unit by, by being a starter. So keeping those guys that are good on that second unit fresh. And I think you're in the, he's in there to – not make mistakes, if that makes any sense. I mean, anything he gives you on offense uh, is, is you know, gravy. It's, it's just an additional thing that he can offer you. And one of the ways they were looking at it last night on Twitter and some people were talking is, you know, are they are they going to buy into him next year? And I just think that's a secondary concern right now. This move was obviously made so they didn't have to d- depend on P.J. Harrison. They don't have MKG. So they needed a solid veteran to come in there hit a shot when you can, and uh, just you know, help the team move forward. And I think that's what he's doing. And also, it's still early in his tenure as a Hornet. So it's a little too early, I think, to judge exactly where he's going to fit in, certainly after this season. But I'm fine with him. I think as long as he doesn't um, you know, take away anything, you're good. Yeah, that's a perfect point, David. I think when you said he hits a shot when he can, he's not a guy that needs to put up – seven to 15 attempts to have a good offensive night. And and right. so, you know, that's where you make the comparison with Lee and P.J. Hairston. Hairston would, would take, would need to take, you know, eight to ten shots to get into any kind of rhythm, and then you didn't know night to night whether you were going to get good offense or bad offense. With Courtney Lee, you know, he takes four to seven shots a game. He's going to hit most of those. And he doesn't disrupt what Kimmel Walker, Marvin, Batum, and then off the bench, Jefferson, Lynn Lamb, what those guys are trying to do offensively. He's not going to disrupt that. I mean, when you talk about a five-man unit and putting that together and what you need, you have to have guys. It's part of the reason I think Cody is in there because you you got to have one or two guys that don't need the ball to make an impact on the game because there's only one basketball and five guys on the court. And I think that's what Courtney Lee provides in that two guard position. So yeah, I'm okay with the quiet night. I just, I hope that we get to see, you know, on, on a night where Kimba doesn't have it and Batum doesn't have it. You get to see Courtney Lee recognize the moment and say, okay, I got to stop. I got to step up, start hitting my shots, start finding my offense. You just hope that that's in his, uh, what do you call it? The thing that you put a, put arrows in a sheath. A quiver, thank you. No, quiver, is that it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. I think you're right. You hope that arrow is in his quiver. Thank you. Oh, wordsmith, David. I love it. <laughs> it's early, too. Yeah, well, yeah, you pulled that out of your quiver. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right. Hey, guys, listen uh, tonight. 
It's uh, Hive Talk Live Thursdays brought to you by ESPN 730. Uh, Justin and I will be breaking down the game coming up on Friday against the Indiana Pacers. An important game, David, because not only do they come back to Time Warner Cable Arena for the start of a seven-game homestand, but they face tough competition after playing two, you know, stinkers, uh, dud, dud franchises. So it'll be interesting to see how they can get up and respond against Indiana. Yeah, this is the time when we see, you know, what we hope to see in the playoffs and, and a team that's protecting their home and uh, doing what they need to do. And take. we've talked about how big this stretch is. It's going to be huge. Yep, absolutely. All right, uh, listen in at 6 o'clock p.m. tonight. And uh, we'll we'll see you back here uh, Friday morning. We'll we'll give a little bit more of a, a closer to the game preview. Until then, thanks for listening. All hail the teal and purple.